0: Listener Production. Your daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. You're listening to Footy Talk. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Listener, please hit the like button and leave us a review or a rating. New episodes every day at lunchtime. On today's episode of Footy Talk, we're heading around the grounds to get you up to date with what we've seen so far in Round 17. Starting here at Marble Stadium where we saw St. Kilda and Melbourne who were playing for a genuine top four clash. And then we'll head to the games earlier today between the Giants and the Hawks and the Lions and the Eagles. That's all to come on Footy Talk. G'day, this is Footy Talk. Around the grounds, Tim Solly here at Marble Stadium. Joined alongside of me, Joey Montagna. We saw the game unfold here tonight, Joey The Saints had a sniff early, but they were wasteful in front of goal and ended up going down by 21 points.
1: Yeah, it was a really competitive game of football. We expected it to be defensive and tough, and it certainly was all those things. And the story out of the game really was the injuries early to St Kilda that put them on the back foot. They dominated possession And time in half early, but Max King going off the ground with, we think, maybe a serious shoulder injury. And then Seb Ross not long after with a hamstring. And then Zane Cordy with concussion. Just meant they were on the back foot. And as the game wore on, Melbourne were able to get more of their game going. They they were in the contest. They were accurate in front of goal, which is important. And they were efficient. And in the end, they just were a bit more workmanlike and a bit more professional than a gallant St Kilda, it must be said. They certainly tried and did a lot right. But uh, they just couldn't quite get over the line against the Melbourne side that was led by Stephen May, I must say, in defence. He was brilliant. A career-high 29 disposals. 13 intercepts. Eight of those were intercept marks. They just couldn't get around him. St Kilda, they were were trying to pass it in short. When they did, it looked good, but too often, Stephen May just repelled a lot of their entries inside 50. And then at the other end of the ground, the talk about Christian Petrarca and can they utilise him better in the forward half? Well, they certainly did that tonight. He kicked the four goals. He was accurate. He was classy. He was clean. He was winning contests in the forward half, 20 disposals. He separated the two sides, uh, the two teams with his class. And uh, as we said, It was a really nice performance by Melbourne. They've still got some gears to go to, but it was a step in the right direction if they want to challenge the big boys come September.
0: What does this mean for the Saints? So they've obviously got a bit of a lighter month coming up your head. They've got a a few easier games, if you would like it, against the Suns and North Melbourne. Uh... Do you still see the Saints coming home strongly, Joey? Oh, I think really, if they play
1: like they did tonight, they should still be playing finals, absolutely. As you said, Gold Coast, Hawthorne, North Melbourne, Carlton to come. Uh, they, they did a lot right. They played the game in their front half. Their ground ball numbers were really good. They defended pretty strongly. So, uh, as I said, some inefficiency in their forward line. It was a young forward group. Once uh, Cordy went out and King went out, they were left to, uh, to four youngsters that have all played 20-odd games or less between them. So it was tough work against an experienced Melbourne defence. But no, a lot to like about St Kilda. They should take away a lot of positives from that performance.
0: And let's talk about Melbourne. Obviously, the loss last night to the Bulldogs means they stay on the 36 points. St Kilda losing tonight. They'll stay on the 36. Obviously, Melbourne will go a game clear. They've still got Oliver on the sidelines. Obviously, Fritch is going to have an extended break with the foot. They're going to come back probably just at the right time, just in the lead-up to finals. So is it, is it a case of beware Melbourne coming into finals? Uh, oh, they've got to keep finding another gear to go to, but they need to cement
1: a top-four spot. Of course, you want the double chance. So that's got to be their aim, and they'll keep building into the season. They made some improvements with their ball movement, which, which led to a, a much more efficient performance.
0: Let's go to the game earlier today between the Giants and the Hawks. Uh, it was the Giants. They got a bit of a scare really early. Hawks uh, played probably beyond themselves for a big part of the game, but... Giants getting the job done in the end by 13.
1: Yeah, it was a good performance. Hawthorne did play much more competitive than they maybe have in, in recent weeks. And it was a good game. Both teams trying to play fast and get that sort of slingshot footy. So it was an entertaining game. Some sloppy mistakes and just some fundamental errors from Hawthorne. A young group was costly. And, and the Giants, with a, a bit more top-end talent, was probably the difference. Steve Cornelio, it was very good. Josh Kelly got tagged by Finn McGuinness but uh the, the Giants just had a better spread of contributors over the field and deserved their win and now sit well at the moment they sit with just I think, just inside the eight or just out on points, but Geelong, you think, will jump in with a win against North Melbourne tomorrow. So they are still hanging around and a potential Smokey to make the top eight.
0: And a big game by Cornelia. He was much maligned a few years for not reaching good form and he he felt the pressure being a captain. He got 30 touches there today, three goals, and Jesse Hogan kicked the four majors as well. Uh, You called the game earlier today, Joe, between the Lions and the Eagles. It was the Lions just getting it done easily there by 81 points.
1: Yeah, they kicked the first seven goals of the game in the first 25 minutes and it was a looking like it could have been really ugly. And then the West Coast Eagles sort of went into plan B and they just tried to shut the game down a little bit, play a bit more uncontested marking just to limit the damage, which is probably fair enough. You don't want to see a scoreline anything like it was a couple of weeks ago and Brisbane had that potential. So in the end, it became a real dour game. After quarter time, uh, scoring was a bit more tricky to come by, but the big story out of that, of course, was Jack Gunston on return from a couple of weeks off, he looked fresh. He looked sharp. He was moving well, and he kicked the six majors, which he is an equal PB for him. He was excellent, as was Lockie Neal and Will Ashcroft in the midfield.
0: It's a nice game for Gunston to come back, isn't it? He? he actually, you know, dropped himself a few weeks back, so he's gone back and got some form, and he just might have just had a look at the little uh, home and away round ladder and said, uh, I think the Eagles might be a nice one for me to come and slide back in." Well, that's about all from us here at Marvel Stadium. If you're listening to Footy Talk, if you're listening on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or listener. Please hit the like button and leave us a review or a rating. New episodes every day at lunchtime. We'll hand it over here to the guys at the Adelaide Oval to cover that game. And they'll take us through to the clash between Port Adelaide and the Gold Coast.
2: Right, you back with footy talk around the grounds. Uh, Bretton Yates here at the Adelaide Oval with a, a big box of stars here. We've got Sean Burgoyne, Rhett Biglands, Mark Soderstrom, and we look back at the uh, Port Adelaide Gold Coast games. Uh, look, the result, it was Port Adelaide home by 33 points, boys. 16-10, uh, 106, Gold Coast 11-7-73. It was a, a milestone game for Charlie Dixon with 200. Jeremy Finlayson, 100 games tonight. He kicked three goals for us too. Uh, Jeremy Finlayson in a terrific effort. Uh, Sean, Burgoyne, red biglins, Mark Soderstrom, take us through it. How did it all unfold tonight?
3: Well, Porto has got a really good start, didn't they? They got it to a start, and then they didn't convert on the on the scoreboard and and Gold Coast did. And they brought the pressure, they brought the heat. You know, they've been under a lot of pressure this week about the, the future of their coach. And it looked like they came out to play for him in the first quarter, didn't they?
4: Certainly did in the first half. We thought the Gold Coast may be showing something. They got three goals from stoppage and they were really on the level as far as their pressure goes. Then a lear a took control after that halftime break. Well, it was a dominant display by Port Adelaide. They dominated clearances. Kicking efficiency went through the roof, and they scored nine goals in that third term to really turn the match on its head. Six points at uh, halftime, obviously. Gold Coast were in front. You
2: talked about the nine goals to one, Biggles. What changed for Port Adelaide, Silk? Well, Darcy
3: Byrne-Jones, in the first... I think the first four inside 50s, I think he set up three and kicked one himself. He hit a purple patch, and then the ball was just played... In ports, first, in port's forward half, and Gold Coast just couldn't get it out, and then their heads dropped, and then they, they just became caravans. They just followed Port everywhere, and then before you know it, it's nine goals, two to one goal, one in the third quarter.
4: We've seen so many times this year when Port Adelaide have got multiple goals, and they're hard to stop. That's the thing that which would really scare oppositions. When Port get a run on, how do you slow down the style of game and also the speed of ball movement? And Gold Coast could not do that in the third term where Port ran rampant.
3: And I think Levi Kasbach was a really positive, um, was a real positive for Gold Coast Suns. His first half was really good. And then the second half, it just became too much because King would, was subbed out and Likosius didn't really fire a shot. And then he still ends up with, with four goals on Aaliyah, which is an outstanding effort, but he just needed more guys around him. to. to...
2: Yeah, the Ben King one's interesting. I mean, subbed out. That, that's extraordinary for, for such a talented forward who he didn't really appear to show up tonight, Silk.
3: Yeah, I don't think he did. And and Trent McKenzie did his ankle and went off as well. So they were down at all. They had to reshuffle the magnets. So you think either lacosius King or Casbolt would have got a, a mismatch there. Casbolt held up his end of the bargain, but but King and Lacocious didn't.
4: Ben King's body language really didn't look great tonight. In one-on-one contests where they needed him just to bring the ball to ground, he just didn't really have that uh, effervescent sort of body style to get at it and attack the footy and, and you're right, with that injury to Trent McKenzie could possibly open up the door for Tom Jonas, their skipper who played at the Sanford level today with nine disposals in a winning side for Port Adelaide against the Eagles. Theodoropoulos, our boundary line writer, told us about that. That injury to McKenzie could be significant. Of course, uh, Scotty Lysett was a late withdrawal last week
2: and they went, roll the dice a little bit today by using Sam Hayes. We hadn't seen him since round 11 last year. Up against Wits, one of the best in the comp. How did you judge that? Brett Biglands, your
4: big ruckman yourself. I like the way in which uh, he, he played his position behind the play. That's His positioning was good. When he gets tired, though, you can see the frustrating points. He gets tired around a contest, and he's still young in terms of ruckman. Us ruckman take a long time to develop. So, <laughs> but uh, he drops away from the play and doesn't provide the contest, but I thought Witts was disappointing. This should have been a game for the captain to really stand up and destroy a young player who's not experienced, and he was down on his output tonight, Wits, with just 11 disposals. I'm with you.
3: I thought Hayes did a really good job on him. You know, Jared Witts and, um, and, and Rao are the second-best combination in the competition, so you would think that coming up against a guys playing his first game for the year, he, he would dominate him, but Hayes actually negated him.
2: Uh, Took Miller, he came back into the Sun side tonight, uh, one of their obviously key movers through the midfield. He didn't start there, he was started at half forward and he got a bit of time late through the midfield. What did you make of his return for them?
3: Well, I think he was serviceable in, in the, at the end of the game, but I would have started him on ball. You know, it's a big game, it's build ups, one of your leaders. Although he's missed um, a few weeks, he's one of the ultimate professionals, so fitness wouldn't have been a problem for him. I would have had him on ball for the leadership part of things and helped steer the ship, and they put him on ball in the second half when the game was lost.
4: He ended up with 20 disposals and uh, ended on the interchange bench as well, so whether or not that is reference to the knee injury, he has sustained a back into the side, kicked a goal though, impressive. Connor Rosie again just continues to get better and better. He does. He There's a goal of the year
3: um, nomination tonight, another 28 disposals and two goals one seven inside 50s. His first five minutes, he was clearly the best player on the ground at that stage um him and casbolt sorry um you know and he had another really good game it just depends you know who's going to get the three brownlow votes because him and zach butters could be taking them from each other
2: oh, we don't have the numbers quite on the red zed lending but something that you guys pointed out which once you did it was very noticeable is port adelaide went very deep in their forward 50 to the pockets which we haven't seen them do a lot of was that something they were made to do by the gold coast suns or did they did they want to find themselves there and have their shots
3: i too sure I reckon it's probably you got to give Gold Coast um, some bit of praise there. They had numbers inside, so you can't kick the ball there. And there's spaces on the outside where you just kick there. You just take what the opposition give you and they were willing to take that every time.
4: You know, I think it's an unselfish part of Port's play that they're going to honor up anyone who's who's available. And if they end up going wide to the pocket, the next kick inside they're going to honour that one as well. So a couple of times they were forced to have shots on goal, but I still think they're looking for players in better positions. But if they're seeing someone on, they honour them and they reward them for their work rate. Quite an extraordinary
2: situation. We've got two teams at different ends of the spectrum, I guess, but we're asking who's going to be coaching them next year. It, it's extraordinary, <laughs> isn't it? So Both teams. Ken Hinckley is nearly at the top and Stewie Jew is trying to get them into the finals and we, we don't know where they're at.
3: Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because there's only one team out there at the moment without a signed up coach and that's Richmond. So, you know, for two different reasons, you know, this wouldn't have helped Stuart Jew's cause. You know, obviously he's still contracted for next year, but he would like the players performing better for him over four quarters and challenging for the finals. And I'm not sure what, more, I'm not sure what Ken can do more.
2: Well, it's going to be fascinating over the next month. I think Port have said it all along David Kosh that we'll chat about this in August. Well, we're not far from August now and He's done everything he can, Ken Hinckley, with 13 on the trot. So I think watching that unfold will be quite remarkable over the next three or four weeks. Well, there it is. Uh, Port home by 33 points over the Gold Coast Suns. And if you have a question for us, uh, get us on Instagram at FootyTalk_Pod, underscore pod, uh, TikTok at FootyTalkPod. pod. So tomorrow, Abby Holmes, Jay Clark and Mitch Robertson to unpack the weekend.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh.